Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me, as always, is Dairy Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how you doing? Joe, I'm doing good. I'm thawing out, so I'm, I'm warming things up so I can make sure that we say uh, stick stringing correctly here <laughs> this week. Uh, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a cold one out there today, but uh, we, we turned up the heat on the turf. It was a fun fun day. Yeah, glad I, uh, glad I chose today to get ca- caught up on some stuff and uh, stay indoors. Uh, it's been a little bit too chilly for my liking the last couple days here, so hopefully we're going to see a turnaround in the weather a little bit. Looks like next week's going to be a pretty nice one. Uh, but... Um, yeah, so uh, don't forget, you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at nhhsports. Uh, and this week, as you can probably hear, we are uh, once again recording the show at Backyard Brewery and Kitchen in Manchester. You can listen to the show Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. And the Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It is the place to go in Southern New Hampshire for custom die lacrosse heads or guys if you are in need of some stick stringing as we head into the start of the spring season, uh, give them a call. Uh, To learn more, visit online at ProlaxCustoms.com and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram or email ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. Uh, and if you'd like to join Prolax Customs as a sponsor of the show, you still can by shooting me an email at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com for more information. And uh, I, I want to <laughs> thank our, yeah, thank our yeah. listeners. Uh, you know, Joe, I think I shared with you a text the other day from Joe Pru, uh, founder and, and owner of Prolax Customs. You know, he, uh, he's basically saying he, at this point he can't keep up with the demand. He's had so <laughs> many so many listeners, so many, uh, you know, return repeat customers that uh you know he's working overtime right now to pump it out so again really want to thank our listeners for uh for for helping us and 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 uh you know helping the sponsors of the show so we really appreciate it and um you know joe you talked about memberships there last call for memberships and you know um becoming a member and and um sponsoring the program here is that does that uh does that have an influence over over some of the the stories and things that you write? Like how how does that work? Why actually it does. <laughs> I mean I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, I wanted to note too that as we're we're now believe it or not um, approaching the midpoint of the season. Uh, we're in week three now. By the time we do this again next week, we'll be in the middle of week four, and uh, I think by that point uh, we're gonna probably close the book on member the at least the the uh, lacrosse membership plus which um, includes not only membership to the site, copy of the preview, uh, and a copy of the lacrosse yearbook uh, when the season's done. And yeah, I mean, it, 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 those are the, the, the people and the programs that have signed up for memberships. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, when you work at a newspaper, I used to work at the Nashua Telegraph. Our coverage area was Greater Nashua. Those were the schools that we focused on. I look at it as, who are my members? Those, that's where I, I kind of focus, or at least start my focus in terms of coverage, is, you know, who is uh, who's a member. So if you have a large group of people who sign up from Campbell, you're going to write gonna, more stories which, and cover more, more people on Campbell. Which we do actually have a couple of people from Campbell. We get a couple of people from Dairyfield, a couple of people from Timberlane, which I was over there on Tuesday. Um, you know, coming up... Um, uh, now I don't remember what my schedule looks like for the rest <laughs> of the week, but I, I oh I take there okay so Saturday good example there's a double header going on at Stellos between uh, first game is Sauhegan and, and Nashua South girls both programs have members 
the second game is uh, Bishop Girton girls will be hosting Moses Brown, a team from uh, uh, from Providence. Um, BG has a lot of members, so I will be at both of those games. So yeah, it's a it's kind of a you know a way to maybe guarantee that, that we give you a little bit more um, recognition um, and 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 it helps me run the site like yeah, this. So uh, for, for coaches and parents out there that are wondering, you know, how do we get how do we get more coverage of our programs? How do we help out? Well, we need to help Joe out. So you know, please encourage your in, encourage your athletes and coaches and, and fans to sign up. And uh, Joe will get out there and he'll he'll cover the teams. I mean, anybody who's who's looked at his work, it's I, I've said it before. It's a it's a work of art. It's uh, it's a great keepsake, and uh, you know it's it's a lot of fun to see your your kids' names up on the on the website each week. So get out there and do that. Well, the fun thing about the website too is that uh, it's not going anywhere until I can't do this anymore. Um, so you can go back and look through stuff, you know, from five, six, seven, even. I mean, we've been doing this for I've, I've been doing the site for 12 years so there's a lot of a uh, lot of info out there um, the other say other way I will say to uh, to kind of um, you know increase your coverage is uh, sending in results too uh, I love to get results a lot of coaches uh, have been doing that this year um, would certainly love to get some more um, you know it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword for me uh, it's great to get tons of emails from coaches uh, but then it also means tons of work for me trying to sift through them. But it's work I like doing. So, you know, feel free to send in your results to, again, to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, all right. So we got through. Uh, we took care of business. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about some games. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump in. We got I think for the listeners, let's recap the uh, we had a new coaches poll come out. Absolutely. So we got a new top 10. We had a little bit of, we had some movement in there. Uh, we're going to have some more movement after this week, too. <laughs> I was going to say, we have. But uh, as of right now, uh, as of Wednesday, April April 27th, the uh, the official coaches poll for this week is. Uh, you got Bishop Girton uh, coming in at number one again for the uh, 14th straight week. Uh, I believe, oh, let me double check that before I say, yeah, 14th straight week, uh, remaining undefeated. Then you've got at number two, you've got Exeter, also undefeated, which. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting setup with the schedule here because those two teams will play each other next Tuesday at Stelos. Uh, but because they both play pretty tough out-of-state games this coming Saturday, uh, neither one of them may be undefeated when they go into that game. But they will who, who still knows? likely be one and two in one the and coaches' two, bowl absolutely, next week. Yeah, um, yeah. Exeter with a great win. Uh, they, you know, they were playing a, a St. Thomas team that was hot. St. Thomas team coming off a, you know, a close game against Winnicott and then turn around and, and really. Uh, turn it on against Hollis Brookline 16 to 1 got to turn around the next day play a good Exeter team and Exeter took care of business in that game uh, then you've got um, Pinkerton coming in at number three they too have a big out-of-state game this coming weekend uh, we'll get into those three games a little bit later uh, number four you've got Portsmouth kind of hanging there waiting for for whoever loses maybe some of those games to but, but again gonna jump. have their opportunity later later this year against yep. Exeter to kind of prove you know maybe where they're at and um, you know, they, do they deserve to be a top three team? They may be. Then uh, rounding out the top five, you got Timberlane that was uh, coming off a big win over over your Dairyfield great boys. Battle, great battle over in the Cougar Bowl last week. Uh, Coach Blaska and his crew, you know, hats off to them, played really well um, and, and deserved to make that jump in the poll. And we'll get into that, that uh, a little bit more. Uh, Dairyfield at six, Nashua South coming in at number seven. Uh, bouncing back with a nice win over Concord last Saturday. Wyndham uh, jumping up to number eight. 
uh, they're they've been on a roll, uh, putting up huge yeah, numbers, yeah. huge numbers, taking care of business against the teams they're supposed to be taking care of. Uh, Going to have a great matchup with them Friday Friday at Dairy Field. Uh, looking forward to that one. A uh, lot of respect for Wyndham and, and arguably a team that, that could be higher in the poll, and they're they're a hot team right now. Londonderry coming back into the poll at number nine, coming off uh, their win over Nashua South last week. And then uh, you got Bedford, which uh, I wondered if they would get in this this past week because uh, very odd they were idle the whole week because the one game they had scheduled got postponed. So uh, Bedford went more than a week without playing a game there. They come in at number 10, and then you had Winnicunit, Concord, and Campbell all also receiving votes in the poll this week. You know, there's there's – uh, you know, a group of probably ten teams that can all make an argument for being in. You know, outside of outside of BG, Pinkerton, and Exeter, Exeter right, there's another right. ten I think that could all make an argument that they they deserve to be in there and probably will at some point during the season. The way things have gone so far during the season, there's been a lot of movement, a lot of close games. Um, you know, you and I were kind of talking earlier that a lot of these teams are an injury or illness away from you know not being as right, good as they right. as they as they can there are a lot of teams that just don't have the depth um I, that I, are very good but when you take away a couple guys all of a sudden the script really flips and i think we saw we've we've seen some of that this week um you know with with some of these some of the outcomes from this past week the last couple of days i think we've seen some of that uh and not necessarily amongst teams in the poll too it's it feels like it's a it's a statewide thing right now. That, well, that, that and it's vacation week. That that too. I mean, well, that, that definitely plays. I, into I it. mean, I, I know you and I are both of a, a different uh, generation than today's high school kids. So, I I don't know. I my feeling on that is, you especially for juniors and seniors, you make a commitment to the team. Well, for me especially, I grew up I grew up in upstate New York. Lacrosse was most of the kids that I played with. Lacrosse was their number one sport, and there was no way you were going on vacation. You didn't. Well, we played. God, we played three or four games during vacation week. We actually look forward to that because that's all you. There was no school, man. That's all you had to do is get up right, and play lacrosse. Right, you, know, you, but you, and you were, you know, a, uh, a high-level college athlete. I was just some, uh, you know, short, is, short kid from uh, from no. Absolutely. Well, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I had no, you know, I had no reason that to keep. I, I ran track. Well, I, I use the term run, <laughs> run loosely, but I ran track in high school, and. Um, I remember my senior year, you know, I, I didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, I, I stuck around and, and spent my April vacation, you know, getting up and riding my bike to track practice and, you know, getting in my in my, my blocks and my steps and, and running have, my sprints. I have sprints. heard from a lot of coaches, though, in fairness, that, you know, we are, we are still coming out of COVID. I think a lot of families and parents made decisions that, you know, we've missed out on a lot of stuff. We're, we're if... Not saying it's right, but that's the decision they made. Is that we're we're gonna we're gonna do something as a family, and uh, you know, they, so that's the decision that they, they've made. All right, right well, along. let's move along. Anyway, now. moving yeah. along, moving <laughs> along, uh, jumping into jumping into D one. We had a lot of we had a it, it was a busy week, and uh, you know we were able to we wanted to see some teams respond. Right, uh, South last week drops a tough game to Londonderry. One they had had circled on on their calendar, um, you know, and Pinkerton as well. Pinkerton working through some injuries, um, you know, wanted to see how those teams respond. They had opportunities this week. Um, who do you want to start with first? Let's, um, you know, let, let's go with uh, with South just because chronologically that game 
Uh, Their couple of games there were first. You know, we talked last week about them dropping that game against Londonderry. They bounced back with uh, with an 8-2 win over uh, a Memorial Central team. That kind of, um, kind of was in control, but like Memorial right, Central, right, they're, yeah. they're, playing, they're playing well. They play tough. And, I, I, um, you know, that game, um, I, I actually I, I saw, I got to see the, the Kings. I didn't realize they had a different nickname, uh, but I learned this on Tuesday night, seeing their home uniforms, the white, white, black letters with like gold Kings. They're like nice, just pretty sharp. Yeah, yeah, very nice uniforms. Um, you know, they um, they were a little depleted on Tuesday, but against South, they were, you know, full strength. And I, I was impressed with the way they were able to kind of hold South at bay. You know, it was a it was a 6 nothing game at halftime, uh, and South went on to win 8-2. But it could have very easily been like 12 nothing at halftime if, if uh, Memorial Central hadn't played the way it did. All right, what am I doing? I'm calling, I said I was going to call them Man U this year, so... If Man U hadn't played the way that they they played, uh, their goalie um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to say his name. I hope I get it right. Uh, Mene Adamene Adamene. Um, he's, he's when playing, I've seen him, he's been really good. He's playing great. He's playing great angles. He takes up a lot of space. Uh, the clearing game is getting better for them. I, I'm just I'm impressed with Coach Jordan has got them playing really well right now in terms of like. It used to be a team that would implode on itself, like make a lot of uh, make a lot of errors and give teams. They're they're making a lot less of those right now, and they're making it really. Di- they've got some good athletes out there, and they're making it really difficult for teams to score easily, right? And then all of a sudden, at halftime, the game's over, and the kids don't believe. There's been a lot less of that this year. Right, they, yeah. they've been very competitive. They've been in games, and those they, Coach Jordan's got those kids believing right now that they can they can beat anybody. The other guy I want to mention too is. Um a uh, uh, long pole by the name of uh, Owen Kelly, who I found out last night. I, I've seen him twice now. Both times I've been really impressed with his athleticism, the way he's able to run in transition. He's got great speed. Uh, and I found out last night he's a first-year player as a junior. Also plays football and hockey. Uh, actually, I believe it's, I believe it's Central. Um, but just um, I, I was I was really impressed to hear you, that he's. You can tell they've got yeah, a lot of they've yeah. got a lot of athletes out there, and um, you know they're starting to figure they're starting to figure the game out. Um, so that you know as we as we talk more about D two as we go yeah, along. I was going to say we got a little sidetracked here. We, we got were, a little sidetracked. We're going to talk about They're going to be a team. They're going to be a team that's that are you know it's it's not a it's not a show up and win game. Like yeah. They're 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 a team that you now have to plan for and play your best against. Or you're going to be in for a really long day there, and even then you may be. But um, you know, circling back to South, um, for me, guys like Nate Campbell are starting to play really well. Griffin Johnson is is uh, rounding into form more like we expected him to. He's been the key. I think he is the key for them. I think offensively, you know, they've got a lot of. You know, this was a question I think you and I had about them last year. um, You know, when we did our our year end wrap up, was they were losing guys like Drew Flurry. And Jaden Murphy, who who really carried the offense, but they and they had guys like Griffin and, and Nate, Connor Rossell coming back, um, you know, who were nice pieces, but were they going to be able to step up? And with the exception of maybe that Londonderry game, I think Griffin has become that guy. You know, I don't, um, I forget what he had against North the other night. But after that Concord game, I, he'd had he didn't have six, a big he didn't have a big day scoring, scoring wise, but he had but six yeah, assists. Yeah, you know, and that's he he's drawing the slides. He's 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 dodging with his head up. He's finding the guy. He's finding his other teammates, and that that's the key. The other teams have to know 
that, okay, if we shut down Griffin, then we've got to respect the other kids. If, if that doesn't happen, then all of a sudden South becomes really one-dimensional right. at that point. And then the other guy for them that um, I feel like has really stepped up and become quite a lacrosse player is, uh, is Rhett Medling, who, um, you know, against Concord, he got to play his more natural position of, of a two-way midi. He'd been filling in at attack a little bit more the first couple games. Um, you know, just um, for a guy who's, you know, 6'6", or whatever he is, 6'7", and, and doesn't have the best speed. I'm just going to lob the ball up and just hold I mean, it up here. And He's really their key in, in getting out into tra- – it feels like every time they get a transition goal, he, he gets the ball at some point, and either just because he's got longer legs outruns people – or is just able to, to yeah. There was one that he had again. One um, I don't remember if it, it ended in a goal, but um, they cleared the ball and someone just chucked it downfield, and he ran That's under what I mean. it. And he can and be, caught it. he yeah. can be, yeah. you know, he's almost like he's almost like a wide receiver. You just throw the ball up to, and create a jump ball, and then you know he's just going to be a matchup problem for most. Unless yeah. you got a pole on him, he's going to be a matchup problem for most yeah. people. So they got a they got an interesting matchup on Friday going to Sauhegan. Uh, that's I, they, I feel like they always just have battles with Sauhegan, regardless of, of where either team is in the standings. Two, fi- two physical teams. I think Nashua South's got to approach that game. Is it, they've got to be they've got to play good lacrosse that game. The, the way Sauhegan can stay in that game if they can make it physical. Um, if Nashua South moves the ball and plays good lacrosse, um, I think I think they have more guys at this point that um, are going to be a problem for, for Sauhegan to match up with. Um, we played Sauhegan today. They've got, they've got big physical guys. They've got good athletes on the field. Um, you, have to play, you have to play good, smart lacrosse against them and let the ball do the work. And what I mean is you, you're, it's not a team that you're going to dodge through. You've got to move the ball and keep the ball quick. And, and Nashua South can do that. They're starting to play, they're starting to play good lacrosse. So the other team I want we, we were kind of talking about too, uh, bouncing back. Uh, you look at Pinkerton; um, they had kind of a tough start. Some injuries involved in that. Uh, Starting to finally yeah, get healthy. Get getting things together there. Um, they had a huge win on Monday of this past week, uh, hanging on to beat Londonderry ten to nine. Um, they a had game. a pretty good lead in that yeah, game, yeah. and then and then started to just slip, let it slip away a little bit. Um, to me, I'm really impressed with I, Riley Spellman's beat up right now, and I'm just really impressed that he's on the field, helping in the way that he's helping. Even you know he's he's hobbled right now, um, had two goals and assists against Londonderry. They probably don't win that game without him on no, the field. Probably not, no, probably not. You know, um, even at even at whatever percent he's playing at right now, but having Gallo back on the field, Uber on the field. Uh, Ryan Lynch, Ryan Lynch has been good for them, and and Cole Frank is gonna is gonna keep you in a, in a lot of games there. Um, but maybe maybe the story that we're really not talking about is you know I think just maybe having to play BG the first game of the season, uh, it it didn't you know maybe we we took our eye off of Londonderry a little bit. Well, playing, they're playing well yeah, right now. They played BG and then Exeter two of the first three games of the year. Um, you know they got one goal losses to to Pinkerton and Cape Elizabeth. Uh, Wednesday they uh, they beat up on Malden Catholic, um, thir- you know, thirteen to one on, in that one, and um, you know it, it doesn't get any easier for them too. They got to go to Bedford on Friday, so really uh, I know they wanted to you know Roger Sampson wanted to really challenge the kids this year, and, and uh, they're doing that. You know that that matchup on Friday is probably you know potent- it's definitely for a top six seed. 
potentially could be, you know, depending on everybody, uh, you're playing for like a four or five spot as well. You know, um, and again, they've got big games. Excuse me, Pinkerton also has big games coming up. Um, facing Concord on, on Friday. And then uh, and then Saturday, they got the, um, the number one team in Massachusetts, according to Lax Numbers, in Hingham. And, you know, that that's uh, playing back-to-back like that, too, is going to be tough. You know, I, Coach Smith's group up in Concord, they're going to be physical. They're going to be tough. They're going to come out and play. They're going to – that is their, that's, you know, when you play a team like Pinkerton, that's your state championship, right? So, unfortunately, Pinkerton's going to have to absorb that and then turn around and, and play arguably one of the best, if not the best teams in, in Massachusetts. So not, a, not an easy task for them at all. At least they get that one on the, uh, on the turf over there in Derry. That's a uh, 1 o'clock start. Not having to travel, yeah. Yeah, 1 o'clock start on Saturday for them. Uh, and, you know, Saturday, I, Saturday is going to be uh, a day that tells us quite a lot about that top three as as we kind of alluded to earlier um all three bg exeter and pinkerton have out-of-state games um like we said pinkerton's hosting hingham i think you and i talked earlier this week um well here sorry finish go ahead through this (laughs) go ahead through the schedule real quick exeter exeter has um is traveling to acton boxborough another top 10 team in mass uh that's a a 10 o'clock start on saturday and then maybe the uh, the showcase game, uh, if you will, uh, Bishop Girton is going down to Bryant University for a four o'clock game Saturday against Staples out of Connecticut, who is probably one of the top thirty teams at least in the Northeast, maybe in the country. Uh, so a, a huge game for them there. So I, I mean, we're we were yeah we were kind of. T- texting about what would be a good day for for these teams. You know, to me, I think I think what you're hoping for for the state is I think you're hoping for a, a two and one weekend. You know, and who the who the two wins come against. You know, I I don't know the chances the chances of us going three and zero as a state in those out of state games. I think I I would not like the odds on that on DraftKings. I don't think right now, but um, you know, I think I think the odds of us going three and zero are much lower than us going zero and three. Right. Um, and I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance that. I, I think there's a good chance that we could go two and one, but I also unfortunately think there's a chance that we could go zero and three oh, yeah, too, yeah. just because of the quality of opponent. I mean, those not are, because of any yeah. you know are, those, we got three really good teams up here, but they have really they have challenged themselves in a way that um, you know maybe maybe, uh, maybe if 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 they do go three and zero, oh, we can get lax numbers to add rankings for New Hampshire. I hope they their, do because we've deserved <laughs> it at that point. Um, yeah, that would be that would be quite the weekend. Uh, and then if that's not enough for you, but, but before we do this again next week, uh, next Tuesday might be, um, you know, Act 2 of Games of the Year in Division 1. Of course, we had Pinkerton Exeter last week. Next Tuesday, uh, you've got Exeter at BG at Stellos, 4 o'clock afternoon start. Um, unfortunately, like we said, they both could have losses by then going into that game, but uh, right now the, the two last two undefeated teams in Division 1. But I think even, uh, well, you know what? Nashua South's only got one loss. I was going to say, they'll still probably, they'll still, they'll be close enough. They'll, they'll probably yeah, still be yeah. one and two at that point, <laughs> regardless. But uh, uh, but that kind of talks to, I think, what we talked about earlier in the year, you know, in the preseason, was potentially seeing a different team like a Nashua South jump over them just because these teams really challenge themselves without a state games. Yep. 
and you know, I think, and there's still a lot to be written in terms of, of the schedule. You know, uh, I think Londonderry beating South threw kind of a monkey wrench into the into that into that uh, into that equation, and I think there's still other there's still other teams that have the the possibility to do that. Um, you know, just looking, uh, Concord, Concord's playing well. They're hanging around. They're hanging around. Um, you know, so far they they haven't. You know, they did drop to they did drop to South, but they've got some opportunities coming up. Can they can they hang tough with Pinkerton? Do they have? You know, they've got two games against Londonderry on the on the third, and then Bedford on the fifth. Those will be big games for Concord. There, Coach Smith's group's been a little banged up, but they're getting healthy. Um, you know, and then we talked about Bedford. Is Bedford capable of pulling an upset? They've got Londonderry on Friday. You know that that'll be a big one at home on the turf, um, and then they've got an opportunity to rattle off some wins. Uh, they got Dover, they got Sauhegan, they've got that Concord matchup. So you know they're they're in the mix there too um, to throw a monkey wrench into things. Uh, speaking of, uh, I guess monkey wrenches or or maybe roller coasters, the better uh, the better term. Um, the the week that Timberlane has had in Division Two uh, is kind of all over the place. They go, you know. They had that that busy week where they start out four and zero. They get a week off, come out with a huge win against you guys against Dairyfield last Friday, uh, in in what uh, is probably a, an early entry for top five games of the year that I that I witnessed. Um, and um, then they turn around with a very depleted lineup due to some illness, some injuries, some vacation week, and host Winnicott on Tuesday and just kind of get their teeth kicked in. Uh, losing that one 17 to six, uh, but there was a a lot more to that final than maybe what it says on paper. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's two teams that when you look at that score are not as far apart as the score indicates. Like you, like you said, um, you know, I think a lot of Division Two when you when you take a player or two away, or you're missing some starters, then all of a sudden it just it snowballs, right? Um, Coach Snow's group is, uh, you know, they're they're gonna. It's one that we talked about in the meeting. They're gonna get better and better as the season goes on. They've got some big, tough, physical guys. Um, Colin Kim, um, Kimball, you, you let him get ahead full of steam, and all of a sudden you get a guy that scores seven goals and two assists. You know, uh, the McCann brothers. You know, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna get better and better as the season goes on. Uh, you know, we knew about Caleb White coming into this season. Um, you know. Nash Kelly and Nett is going to keep them in just about every game that they play. Um, you know, and we know about their defense. Nico Zeno, Sean Wolves, like, they're, they're, they're solid. So, um, I think when you first initially look at that, that score, you're like, holy cow, what the heck happened there? There's a lot of subtleties in that game. Um, you know, when we played Timberlane the other day, they played really, really well. They've, they've got some really good players, but again, any team, when you take away some of your depth, some of your key role guys, um, and then you've got maybe some other guys out there that are a little bit sick and, and not playing their best, that's what happens. Things start to things start to snowball. Well, it's it's just it's it's just to that you you know you um, you know you've got um, Timberlane playing. I mean, the the key ones that were missing, or the key guy that was missing, I think for them defensively was was uh, Gary Shivel, who was outstanding in that game on Friday. I thought, you know, made some, some huge plays Absolutely. down the stretch to, to kind of to seal that win. Um, you know, and then unfortunately during the game, you had Jake Manning go down with. Uh, so I, now I really, you're out arguably two of your top two, defenders. Your top holes, you know, and then you look at the other side. You mentioned Nico and, 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 and Wolves there for, for Winnicott, who 
absolutely shut down Ethan Geary and, and Eric George. Um, you know, so that you, that's kind of the, I guess, part of that imbalance is you've got one side where, you know, you guys guys who are a little bit experienced guys who are going against guys less, ex, you know, yep. uh, who are second on the depth chart, you know, able to take advantage of that. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the big difference to me there. And I, I'd love, I don't think they play again this year, but it's a kind of a game I'd love to see them play again at full strength. Uh, we'll we'll see. I think I, I have no idea. I haven't even tried to even look at what potential playoff matchups are. It's way too <laughs> oh, no, early. No, no, wait. There's it's, so many games left is, to be played. It is but, way um, too early, and there's so much. Just this was another another unknowns. note I sent to you. There's a like a big fat middle in Division Two. I mean, sure you've got some teams at the bottom, a couple teams at the top, but I think the the most of the division right now. Maybe more so even than we thought because of some of games like this. Um, there's just a, a group of teams that are going to sort themselves out over the next week or so. And then, and I'll tell you, they, it'll sort itself out in terms of standings. But I'll tell you what, like I, based on what I've seen so far, I normally there isn't a lot of upsets in the playoffs in terms of seeding. Usually the chalk kind of holds. I don't know that that'll be the case this year. I, I think there's going to be I, I think there's going to be some really tight uh, white knuckle games in in the playoffs for D two this year. Um, you know, you mentioned um, um, St. Thomas at the beginning, uh, play, take, playing a couple of big games there against Hollis Brooklyn and then Exeter back to back. They then played Portsmouth the other day in a game that was pretty close at halftime and. I think Portsmouth was able to pull away a little took bit. Took a little time for Portsmouth to pull away. They, you know, they're a little bit like Novocaine. You give it some time, <laughs> it's going to work. And and you know, they they did. They just they Portsmouth is just really really solid. Like they don't have a lot of holes. They don't. You know, we. I feel like I'm on repeat. You know, the same same thing. I keep saying they don't. They don't make mistakes. They don't. They don't kill themselves. They've got a lot of guys. Mike O'Neill, Dylan Rolfs, uh, Keegan Delisle. You know, on paper, you look at all three of those guys individually on attack. None of them really jump off the page to you, but they play really well together as a group. They're capable of taking advantage of you when you make a mistake. Um, and then you throw in the fact that, like, you know, Nick Smith facing off, you fall behind against Portsmouth, you're going to have trouble catching up because they're they're going to get possessions. Like I said, they don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, and that's, even, that's before you even start talking to them. You know about guys like Zach Amend and, and Ben Purcell, and you know some of these guys that they have that can put the ball in the back of the net from the midfield. So, and obviously their defense is really good. They're big, they're physical. Um, you know they're they're showing early on that you know they, you know short of short of things imploding, they they've got the team that that will that will likely you know contend for another state title this year. So you, you said you weren't going to try to figure out playoff stuff matchups yet. So I'm just doing this real quick here, looking at the standings. Top 14 teams make the uh, make the playoffs in Division Two, as we All discussed right. in the preview, right? Uh, as of right now, as of right this moment, what's been updated on the NHIA standings? I was a bad uh, AD and did not put you my didn't score put your in today, score in so there I'm today. Sorry. So, so you, can, you can dock me for that. Fortunately, that doesn't affect what I'm that about to. Doesn't affect it. No, okay. doesn't affect it. Um, right now, the 10 seed is Alvern. Okay. At three and four, the 11 seed. Is St. Thomas. The 12 is Goffstown. And then at 14, right now you've got tied for it, going into the day, it was a three way tie for, I, actually, I guess this would be 13 and 13 14. Um, it's now just a two way tie 
Merrimack Valley, Memorial, Manchester Central. Uh, but then the other team that was in that mix, too, was Hollis Brookline, who, with their loss to Bedford, would now be on the outside looking outside in. Outside looking in. Okay. Not, right. not Probably not what you expected. You or I would have expected. Uh, uh, no, I definitely. Uh, so the 11 plays the, what would the 11 seed 11 play? would play six. That's not that's not a great matchup for people. St. Thomas being an 11 seed is not a not a not a friendly matchup for a, for a six seed. Well, as and again, as of right now, standings what they are. Conval is the six seed. That would be a really interesting game. I would I would actually I would actually like to see that that, that would be a fun actually Saint that Thomas would be a fun game at Conval. St. Thomas would be at your first Conval. round matchup. Wow. And then you'd have Alvern at Oyster River Newmarket in the seven ten game. Interesting. Yes, very, right. very interesting. Right. I mean, this is well. You know what I like? I like it. You know what I said? I wasn't going to look it, but I don't mind if you look at the standings. Oh yeah, early I mean on. that's what I do. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had I had thought about actually starting like a little playoff thing, coming up the end of this week. But I think I'll wait till next week. I would. I think at least until we <laughs> I, hit the midway well, point. I, of I the will season. wait till next week because of this this big fat middle in Division Two, but also because Division Three, is only playing one game collectively during vacation week and it's not even really during vacation week it's on saturday uh where you have um uh kearsarge playing at lebanon saturday morning at 11 that's the only game in division three over the the past i think that's fair know. when does the when does college football when do that when do the college football playoff uh committee when do they meet how many weeks <laughs> do they wait i think they wait they wait way too it's like the end of october i think right, by the so time i they think, do I think that. you're yeah. safe we can't wait that long because the season will be over <laughs> i can't believe we're already in week three um, yeah, I mean this this season is, I I guess I, that's another reason why I don't understand the vacation stuff is, is the season's too fast. I, I'm gonna tell you I'm glad in Division Two lacrosse that we are not doing that because as an athletic director in the other sports that I have to manage, it's a nightmare right now. Any of those sports, uh, I got Division One tennis that's taking the whole week off, uh, Division Three girls lacrosse taking the whole week off. Like any of my teams that that don't you know get rain outs or anything, they're playing three or four games in a week going forward there it's crazy so um happy that boys lacrosse at least it, you know it, it appears in, in division one and two are not doing that d3 is doing that a little bit um yeah well right now we could afford to have some rainouts in lacrosse and have some games pushed to saturdays because the saturday schedule this year is not what it was i feel like last year's saturday schedule was was better because everybody was just trying to get in as many games as they could because you didn't know what was going to happen right and then this year, we're, we're, we've got some good ones coming up, but, you know, we're, we're also on the, the slim side. Um, so, but anyways, Division Three, looking at the standings right now, it's kind of shaped up the way we thought it would. The, it's, the, five, the, the chalk is kind of yeah, held. Yeah. yeah. The top five teams that we thought are, are who we thought they would be, Campbell, Plymouth, Trinity, Hopkinton, and Laconia, in that order. Uh, the next group is kind of who we thought we'd, they'd be, Lacon- or excuse me, Lebanon, Kearsarge, Guilford, and Pelham, and I believe that that rounds out your your nine playoff teams. Uh, so I mean that's that's kind of held to form. I, I and we'll really like start to figure stuff out with them once they come back next week. And uh, starting with Monday, you got Campbell at Trinity to start off uh, their return on Monday. Yeah, Campbell at Trinity. Tr- Campbell at Trinity is going to be a good one. And then I believe uh, Campbell play Campbell follows that up with with Hopkinson. Uh, pretty close, pretty yeah. close after yep. that on the sixth. And I think that Trinity one, plays them too. Hopkinton, Trinity. I think in our far. preview in the yeah. beginning of the year, we said that there was there was going to be that week where there was going to be kind of separation week. That's yeah. where I'm. I'm really. I think the jury is still out a little bit on Hopkinton. They're they're obviously putting up great numbers, 
but the teams that they the three teams that they've played before they went on break here um, are not particular. You know, they caught Pelham right at the beginning of the season when Pelham was still trying to figure themselves out, and then they had Stephen and Interlake. So you know, good wins. They did what they needed to do, but haven't really been tested yet. So Hopkinton's going to have Campbell, then they're going to have Trinity coming up. So they're they'll get they'll get tested. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to some of these. You know. I wish that some of them were getting played a little bit closer. Um, you know, unfortunate circumstance where, you know, Campbell has all of these big games on the road. They're at Trinity, at Copkington, at Laconia, at Plymouth. You know, so, uh, yeah, if you're like me and you want to get out and see these games, you're going to be uh, going to be putting in some miles. But um, I, I, you know, I'm going to be at, at that Trinity game. Um, I believe I'll be at, uh, back at Trinity next Friday for that Hopkinton game. Uh, really interested to see how some of these D3 ones shake out. Lebanon's been kind of killing you, too. They've had a lot of home games here, and that's a team that's that's playing really well right now. They, they're they 2-2 two and two on the season, but, you know, they had a 6-3 and three, they had a six three loss to Laconia. They had a 6-5 loss to yeah. Trinity. You know, I think um, they've got they've – got, we'll see how they do against Plymouth uh, when they get them at home. And then uh, at the end of the season, they're at Campbell. So that might be your – at Campbell and there at Hopkinson. Yeah. So there's yeah. your opportunity to kind of see them A 3 o'clock at the end start of the on a Wednesday at Campbell too. That's an interesting <laughs> one. That is an interesting um, one. One other interesting uh, D3 matchup that uh, I was going to mention anyways, but I definitely have to now because someone uh, – I believe someone in the family tweeted at me about it. Uh, but Monday you've got the uh, – in Milford you've got the Battle of the Erdas. Where you've got yes. Mil- Milford and and Coach Rickard, Richard, uh, uh, the, uh, the the father of the clan, taking on his oldest son Harrison, who is now the head coach of Stevens. Uh, so they are they are going to be on opposite sidelines. I would guess for the first time in their lives. What do you think uh, happens if it goes into overtime? Do you, do they do that? I think I think the Erdas should have to put on that and they Braveheart. I think I think father <laughs> son they face off against each well, other. You know what? I, I we left someone out too. Um, I, I got to mention too that that Milford also has Chuck Erda, who is a junior uh, for them as well. The, I believe he's the last of the wow bragging the kids rights. There. Yeah. Like, like so, how does dinner happen that night? Like, I think what? we probably have to get Max and Gavin back to get yes. on Steven's sideline <laughs> here to kind of balance it out a little bit. Um, but I, you know, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun match. And then if you're mom, and, uh, what do you do? Do you have do you have two jerseys cut I, in half? Get, you're wearing you're wearing half there. That's I don't know. You might have to get three jerseys for for that one. Just to I well, I don't know who the third one would be, but maybe one for each kid. That is, uh, I think that's that's a matchup worth covering, Joe. I don't know how many I don't know how many <laughs> listeners you got from uh, from Stevens or Milford, but uh, four thirty on no, on Monday. Probably more um, from Milford. Probably but, more from Milford. Uh, I would agree. No offense to Stevens, but. Uh, I don't know if we do we do we come in up there Claremont. I don't know if we reach Claremont. I don't know. I don't know if the internet reaches Claremont there, but we'll we'll find out. Uh, but I mean that's a that's it's an intriguing kind of game just to just to see how they maneuver again adjustments they make against each other. Do they you know what what is there a little bit of friendly jawing on the side? Oh, there's got to be. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Um. Any other um, any other thoughts on uh, anything else we touched on tonight, or anything we didn't touch on? Well, I think I'm like you said. I, I think the big the the most intriguing thing is the weekend games, the Saturday the Saturday uh, out of state. That's uh, I think it's a huge opportunity for the state in terms of you know uh, can we can we make some national headlines there if if we were able to beat uh, Acton Boxborough Staples and uh, who, am, who am I forgetting? 
hang them. How could I forget? <laughs> we just, yeah, number one right? team, number one team in Massachusetts. Uh, if we were able to somehow pull that off, I mean, that would be worthy of, of some coverage <laughs> nationally there. So uh, best of best of luck uh, to BG Pinkerton and uh, and Exeter. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get it done. Normally, I would I would frown upon the um, the royal we there. But I really think that's how we should feel about I, this weekend. I think, it, I think we, I think we got to have some pride. You know, d- d- regardless of who your rooting interests are for, or who you play for, who you coach, um, I, I feel like you should be looking at these three games, and uh, you, it, there you go. There's your triple jersey. You should have your green, red, and blue on for for this weekend, and and be rooting for these um, these three teams to uh, to have a, a pretty successful weekend, whatever that looks like. Um, I think it's. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm I'm hoping to you know there's got to be a live stream somewhere of that uh, BG Staples game. Um, I would imagine if if someone knows about it, tweet it at me, and I will uh, I will retweet that. And make sure we get that out there. I don't know if there's a live stream. I know BG I know BG for every game has a very active Twitter Twitter uh, presence. They'll be you'll be able to follow their game on there. Um, but yeah, I, I hope there is. I hope there's yeah. a. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think FNL does road shows. I don't think they'll be on the road. But uh, <laughs> maybe if you know. we gave we gave Nick some money, we could get him to uh, to drive down there. We we'll throw him a couple bucks. There you go. That uh, probably isn't probably still isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he is uh, Dairy Field Boys Lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Absolutely, Joe. I am Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you again next week.